All right, Luke chapter 10. Good. Um, if anybody's here tonight for the first time or, or watching, we are uh, doing a six-lesson series on how to understand the Bible. How to understand the Bible. There's not much more in your life important than how to understand the Bible. Because the Bible is the Word of God. And it's unlike any other book that's ever been written uh, on this planet. And it was written by God to be understandable. And not just to be read, but to be understandable. And so this is the fourth lesson, and tonight is called Rudiments to Understanding the Bible, Part 2. The first lesson, going back very briefly, was on the organization of the Bible and how it's set up, how many books in Old Testament, New Testament, red letters, and so on. Another dear lady was here Sunday, we gave her a Bible. Uh, first time visitor and she did not know what the red letters are and so we need to teach those two, two people and teach them the organization of the Bible and I'll have all the uh, handouts available next week if you've missed any of them I don't have them with me um, tonight but that was lesson number one lesson number two is by far the most important of all six of the lessons and that is to know the author uh, the, the, the key to understanding the Bible is to know the author, and the author is God, and he just happens to live in you if you're a believer in his son, Jesus Christ, and have been born again. You have an inbuilt teacher. John fourteen twenty six. the Holy Spirit shall teach you all things. Wow, what a promise to act upon by Faith. So know the author. Number three, lesson last week was on the rudiments to understanding the Bible, part one. Number one, read the Bible con- constantly. Part of the way, one of the ways we understand the Bible is just by becoming more and more and more familiar with it. And that is by reading it over and over and over. Become a Bible reader and never ever stop. Read it through and through and through and through and through all of your lives, and that will help you understand the Bible. Number two, hear the Word of God expounded by preaching, teaching, counseling, Sunday school, special meetings, uh, whatever, as God shows other people things you haven't learned yet, that I haven't learned yet, and as we sit at their feet and hear the Word and they share with us what God has shown them, Uh, then we learn, we learn. And so don't miss church. Um, Don't miss Sunday school. Try to come back whenever you can, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, and uh, hear as much of the Word of God expounded as you can. Church is a special place. The Lord said seven times to the churches in Asia, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches and so there's special uh truths that the lord shows us at at church that he's shown other people my my wife and i were down in butler pennsylvania all day yesterday at a preacher's fellowship i was the first speaker and then there was four consecutive speakers after me and every single one of them uh as i had my little notepad out there as i coached people to do and they were saying things I'd never heard of. I mean, one of the men was uh, telling a story about Jesus and some children. 
And uh, I've, I've read that all my life, and I really didn't think it meant anything. Uh, but he expounded on what it meant and the two different meanings of that, and I said, wow, wow, and it not only means something, it's very important what it means. And I was just glad I was there. So number two, hear the word of God expanded. Number three, practice what you hear. That means do it or keep it. And all these first three are found in Revelation 1 and verse 3. Blessed is he that readeth and them that heareth and they that keep the prophecy of this book. And so those are three rudiments. By rudiments we mean basics, uh, elementary truths, uh, entrance level truths. Now number four tonight is humility. We go on to something new right now in humility. And I want you to look with me at Luke chapter 10, verse 21. And this is something we've taught before at this church and always should. But it says in Luke 10, 21, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. That's kind of a strange prayer of gratitude. I thank you that you hid these things from the wise and prudent. Now, by the wise and prudent, he's talking about those who are proud, those who think they're smart, those who think they know it all. And it's possible to be in the middle of the church and to think that way. And God hides things from those people. He does not show proud people, uh, arrogant people, uh, things. But then he says, but thou hast revealed them unto babes. Now, he's not talking literally about babies like we have in the nursery back here uh, tonight. But he's talking about those that are very, very young in the Lord and those that have a humble spirit. Uh, Peter once said, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word uh, that you may grow thereby. And uh, so even if you're an adult and you get saved when you're 70 years old, you're a babe in Christ. And we need to have the spirit of children and not to be, have the spirit of a worldly man who uh, thinks he's wise and uh, prudent. In Isaiah 5 and verse 21, it says, Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. In other words, in their own opinion of themselves, they think, I'm wise, I'm prudent, I know it all. You're not going to teach me anything. And that's true. Uh, At least God won't. God just shuts off the knowledge and the understanding and the wisdom uh, from that person. But he opens up knowledge, wisdom, and understanding and wisdom to the person who's a babe. And it doesn't matter how old you are. If you can maintain a humble spirit uh, when you read the Bible yourself personally every day or when you hear somebody preach or teach and whoever it might be, and I don't know what examples I have given so far because I'm teaching this same thing up at Countryside, but but sometimes we'll we'll get a a speaker like we had a couple Saturdays ago who just got ordained last month, 32 years old, less than half my age, 
But he showed me a couple things. He said a couple things in ways I'd never heard him before that helped enlighten uh, me. And, and if I can try to maintain a humble spirit, God will show me truth the rest of my life, and you too. The Bible is an inexhaustible book, so don't think you are anywhere close to understanding everything that the Bible has to say. And it's the same with me. Uh, I am nowhere close. Turn over to Luke chapter 24. You're in Luke 10 right now. I want you to notice a couple of verses here with that famous Easter afternoon uh, session Jesus had with the uh, two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And it's the only thing we know about Easter afternoon is Jesus spent the whole afternoon helping two guys out that had some questions and their hearts were slow and, and the Lord. But I'm just going to pick out a couple phrases about that story. I'm not going to read the story. Look at Luke 24, verse 31. And their eyes were opened. Now, that doesn't mean they were walking down the street seven and a half miles with Jesus blind. It means their spiritual eyes were opened as Jesus began to teach. And then they went on to explain exactly what that means in the next verse, verse 32. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? You see what Jesus can do here. That's what this lesson is about, how to understand the Bible. He opened to us the scriptures. And so these two men were broken. They were despondent. They were in despair. They had lost their faith. And then Jesus began to just talk to them about the scriptures and all the prophecies that had been fulfilled in his death and burial and, and uh, resurrection. And they said, boy, our hearts were just burning with us while he opened to us the scriptures. See, this reflects back on a few of our previous lessons, but the Lord has to open the scriptures to you and to me. So don't think, oh, I'm I'm brilliant. I can figure this Bible thing out myself. No, no. Uh, Look at verse 45 now, Luke 24, 45. He finally gets together with all of the disciples that evening And notice what he does for them in verse 45. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. So understanding the scriptures is something God wants for us. That's that's what these lessons are about, how to understand the Bible. And and that, that was lesson two. But the way to understand the Bible is to let him open up the scriptures. And we've seen two things tonight. He does that to humble people. He opens the scriptures to us, number one. And number two, if we're humble, if we're babes. Turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And it says in verse 3, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as little children, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So this is saying, Jesus is saying, look, you can't even understand conversion unless you have humility. Unless you're like a little child. 
See, but humility opens the door. Humility opens the door for us to understand the scriptures. And I'm, I'm almost begging you over the, the, these weeks and these lessons to, to approach the Bible with a humble spirit. I don't care who you are. Uh, one group gave me an honorary doctorate degree in theology. I've never even brought it out. I don't even know where it is. I don't even think there's such a thing as a human being having a doctorate in theology. Um, at best, we're entrance level all the way till we die, take our last breath, and then when we get to heaven, we're going to like, boy, did, I didn't know anything. And um, we have to be humble, have to be a babe, have to be like a little child, like this little child over here. I'm sure she just absorbs anything mom and dad says or other people say, like our grandchildren. We see them at that stage right now where they just, just take in whatever you say, whatever you say. And the Bible says we need to maintain that. It doesn't matter how old you are or what your past has been or your education. This is one of the rudiments to understanding the Bible is humility. Turn to 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. And we'll go on to the next one. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 3 and verse 18. There's some strange instruction here, but let's listen to it. 1 Corinthians 3.18, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. There's worldly wisdom and then there's godly wisdom. And it doesn't matter how brilliant you are in this world, how educated you are. When you come into the body of Christ, you start where everybody else does, at the foot of the cross, knowing nothing. doesn't matter how brilliant you are. You've got to be taught by the Holy Spirit. And uh, he's got to open your eyes. He's got to open the scriptures to you, just as we read on Easter Sunday. Uh, and and, and that, that has to happen to you and to me. I do not know anything about the scriptures but that the Lord taught me. And you don't either. And you never will. And I never will. But if we can maintain the spirit of a baby and the spirit of a child and be humble. Number four, humility. And now watch what it says here in this verse. It says, If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. There's a conservative talk show host on the radio that I listen to sometime because I learn, I learn a lot from him about politics and stuff, which I don't know a lot about, but I like to listen to him, and he seems to be pretty knowledgeable and um, pretty brilliant. But he has a philosophy that he lives by, and, and it's really striking for probably being an unsaved man. I don't know, but... He says, wherever I go, I try to be the dumbest man in the room. That's what he says. Everywhere I go, I say, he says, I don't care if I'm out with my wife on a date, if uh, we're out with another couple on a date, or if I have a meeting or whatever or, or, or something. And this guy is highly successful, we would say, in this world. But he says, wherever I go, I always try to be the dumbest man in the room. You know what he's saying? He's saying, I just, I just want to learn. I'll let other people talk, and I want to listen to them. And I want to learn. He doesn't do all the talking. 
He just he just listens, and I find that listening uh, and hearing what people say, comprehending what they say, will, will help us become wiser. Another very famous preacher that influenced me a lot uh, 40 years ago or more uh, used to say, every man is my teacher. Every man. He said, women too. Every man is my teacher. Every woman is my teacher. Everybody I meet without exception knows something I don't know. And it's my job to try to draw it out of them. Try to draw it out of them. My dad used to always say to us, son, you can learn something new every day. And basically my dad would say, if you just keep your mouth shut, just shut up. Keep your mouth shut and listen. And you can learn something new every day. And uh, those old sages, man, they, they, they had some wisdom there. And uh, that's the way to learn. You know, I preached first yesterday, then I sat down and shut up the rest of the day. And they, they spoke on subjects. It was a tremendous, tremendous preacher's fellowship uh, yesterday. Well, we got to go on, though. Uh, let's notice number five. Here's another rudiment, and that's meditation. There's seven of them, rudiments, and we'll get to number seven in the last two lessons. Next Wednesday and the following week, Lord willing, we're going to really get into some nuts and bolts and things like how to have a Bible study, how to do it personally. And uh, this has been more general stuff. But another rudiment that will help you understand the Bible is meditation. Meditation. In 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 15, Paul, the older preacher, says to a young man named Timothy, very young, so young that people would actually despise him because of his youth. But Paul told him in verse 12, Let no man despise you, uh, despise thy youth, but be thou an example. Okay, don't, in other words, don't argue with them with words. Just show them by your behavior that you are called of God. That's how you, gotta, gotta, that's how you have to start in the ministry. You have to show people. Um, I remember knocking doors in Point Breeze when we started the church. And uh, 1983, and uh, I, I was 26 years old. Imagine that, 26. We started the church in Angola. We were in a house, and then we were in a storefront over there in Evans, and then we moved here. But I can remember knocking on a, a, a guy's door, and the guy opened the door. He's a, a senior citizen, and I, I started my spiel. You know, hi, I'm, my name's Art Cole. I'm a pastor of a new church here in in the village of Angola, Faith Bible Baptist Church. I'm just out today meeting people in the community and, uh, you know, saying hi to them, wanted to stop by and meet you and uh, let you know that we're in the area. I don't know if we can help you in any way. He finally stopped me. I can remember this. He said, let me ask you something. He says, how old are you? And I said, I'm 26. And this is what he said. I still remember. He says, what can you tell me? What can you tell me? And he was in his 60s. He said, what can you tell me? And uh, the conversation ended pretty quick, and he closed the door, and that was it. And uh, you know what I could have told him? I could have told him how to be saved. I knew that much. I could have told him how you could have eternal life. But he despised my youth because he was proud. Number one, humility. He didn't have it. Years later, one of his relatives, ironically, started attending our church and, and begged me to please go back, talk to him, go back, talk to him. I went back to talk to him 
about three times, every time, it was the same response. What can you tell me? What do you know at your age? And he died, and he's off into eternity somewhere. I'm not the judge. That's God's domain. I don't know what's in his heart. I have no idea. But he never got saved under my ministry or help. I have no idea. What a horrible thing. Don't let anyone despise your youth. Just set a good example, those of you that are young people, young men and young ladies, and and that example will, will give power to your words eventually. But anyway, look at verse 15. He tells this to the young preacher. He says, meditate upon these things. That's number five. If you're going to understand the Bible, you've got to learn the art of meditation. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. See that word, W-H-O-L-L-Y? That means completely. Just just sell out. Like Some people sell out to sports. They just give themselves wholly uh, to that. I, I, I was preaching at a church recently and and um, or, or last year, and I just poured my heart out. I was a guest preacher, trying to get people to know the Lord and walk close to the Lord and live for the Lord. And, and there was t- three teenage young men, and and uh, we closed and dismissed. And I saw them back in a kind of a circle talking about out in the foyer. And I went back there, and I thought, well, praise the Lord, this church has three young men in it. Hallelujah, and, and maybe, maybe God spoke to their hearts. And so I kind of wandered back there, playing I Spy kind of a thing to see what they were talking about. And I pretended I was looking at the bulletin board next to them and everything. And, and they were discussing between themselves who the best tight ends were in the National Football League this year. And they were naming names and how many this guy caught and how many yards this guy had and so on and so forth. And I came home and drove home that day crushed. Just absolutely crushed. That they were complete experts on football and tight ends and who was the best and so on and so forth. Uh, Because that is their meditation. That is what they think about That's what they know. Paul said, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them. Then it says what? That thy profiting may appear unto all. That everybody would see, hey, that guy knows the Lord. That guy, that lady knows the Lord. She knows the Bible. She understands the Bible. her, Her walk with the Lord has profited her. His walk with the Lord has profited him. This, uh, this discipline of meditation. Meditate upon these things. Timothy, give yourself completely to them. Completely to them. That thy profiting may appear unto all. George Mueller, I wouldn't necessarily suggest you do this. He got saved when he was 20. When he was 25, he threw away every book he owned. And he kept the Bible. And for the next almost 70 years of his life, he read nothing but the Bible, and he read it through over 200 times. Now, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. And if you know about George Mueller's life of prayer and his faith and the caring for the orphans and all those things he did, and his wife's faith too, 
He said when he, after 25 years of age, he never read another book in all of his life except the Bible. He gave himself wholly to these things. And did he profit in his life? Did his wife profit in her life? Meditation. And meditation brings uh, understanding. And, and, and other things, too. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible. Maybe uh, this is my opinion. But maybe the most famous verse on Meditation is one maybe you've memorized. Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. But thou shalt meditate therein. What? Day and night. That thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success. This is the only time the word success is used in the Bible. It comes from meditation. Just like Paul told Timothy, that thy profiting may appear unto all. God says to Joshua, that thou mayest be prosperous spiritually. And then have good uh, success. Another very famous um, text on meditation is, is, again, probably one that many of you have memorized. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. God said to Joshua, meditate day and night. God says here uh, in Psalm 1, this, this man, this blessed man meditates day and night. And what does he become like? Verse 3, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Prosper, prosperity, profiting shall appear unto all men. Success depends on meditation. Meditation. Turn to Psalm 49 while we do. What is meditation then? Are we sure we know it? Well, Charles Spurgeon, the great Baptist preacher of the 1800s, and I, I, I can't find this anywhere, uh, but he says that the word meditation comes from the uh, idea of some of the animals God created that have many stomachs, like a cow with four stomachs, and they eat something and it goes into one stomach, and then they cough it up, and they chew on it again. And then they swallow it, and they cough it up, and they chew on it again. And they swallow it, and they cough it up, and they chew on it again. And they swallow it again, finally. And you've probably heard that expression before in your life where somebody has said to you, well, why don't you chew on this for a while? That's synonymous with meditation. So meditation is when we, we read the word of God and then, as these verses just said, day and night, we, we, we you know, I, you might read chapters a day like I do, but, but boy, there ought to be something that we just cough up during the day and say, what was God saying there? What was God saying there? Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Uh, teach me what that means. Show me, give me understanding. Open my eyes, Lord. And we, we think about it and we think about it and we think about it. And that is the life of meditation. It means to think uh, deeply and uh, to, to sometimes I find myself just staring at a verse and saying, Lord, what does that mean? And I'll stare at it and I'll think about it. And our God is just a God who honors those 
who uses the, 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 the God-given brain he gave us to think deeply, and then God finally steps in and blesses that discipline and shows that person. That's what that means. That's what that means. And look at uh, Psalm 49 and verse 3. My mouth shall speak of wisdom, and the meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. We're, we're talking about how to understand the Bible. The meditation of my heart shall be of understanding. Go to Psalm 119. I have no idea who wrote Psalm 119. I don't think anyone else does. And I'm glad for that sometimes. And look at verse number uh, 99. Psalm 119, 99. Now this, whoever the writer is, I'm sure was humble. Doesn't sound like he's humble when we read these verses. But that was our fourth rudiment tonight, be humble. And I want you to notice the benefit of meditation in this man's life. I have more understanding than my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. He's just saying, you know, in my life I just eventually zoomed past my teachers. Have you ever noticed that in some people? They just kind of zoom past their teachers. Why did this man have so much understanding? He says, because thy testimonies, the word of God, was my meditation. As I meditated on what God wrote, verse 99 says, God gave me understanding. And our lesson tonight is called, How to Understand the Bible. God gives understanding to those that meditate. Look at the next verse, verse 100. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. We talked about that last week, rudiment number three. Keep it. You got to keep, you got to do what God says. And so his meditations, and uh, in verses 99 and 100, both, both words, both verses talk about understanding, verse 99, understand, verse 100, because of meditation. Meditation is a discipline that God rewards and blesses a person with understanding. And so I want and to encourage it. It seems like everything invented in this world is to keep you from meditating and to keep you amused. Do you know what muse means? M-U-S-E, muse, it means to think. Ponder deeply. You know what amuse means? Do not think. You know what morals mean? And then amoral means no morals. That prefix. Amuse means you don't think. Someone else thinks for you. And our minds are almost wrecked, completely wrecked by entertainment. I never, ever thought I would say it when I was growing up. But how I thank God we never had a television in our house growing up. Never had one. No screen time. Absolute zero screen time. Growing up as a boy on the farm. Boy, that helped me to start using my gray cells to do my own thinking and to question everything. 
I question everything, starting with myself. I question myself because I know I'm not perfect and I know I've been wrong. I question all my teachers and preachers and public school teachers, Sunday school teachers or whatever. I didn't question them with a proud heart. You know, we've already seen tonight, if you have a proud heart, you get nothing. You get nothing. But with a humble heart, I said, is that right? Is that really what the Bible says? Or Art, are you right here? Are you sure? And boy, God has blessed that with some understanding. Well, let's close with this last one. Number six is memorization. In this same Psalm 119, we see how memorization helps us understand the word of God in a practical way. It says, thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. That's memorization. Thy word have I hidden mine heart. Okay, we need to, in Colossians 3, and we won't look these up for time's sake, Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of Christ dwell, live in your hearts richly or abundantly. What does that mean? Memorize as much scripture as you possibly can, especially you young people. You young people are just going to have to believe me by faith right now. But now is the time to load your mind with scriptures because it gets harder when you get older. You need, I'm talking about you in your teens and 20s and 30s maybe, you need to just load your minds with as much scripture as you can possibly memorize. And that takes work. But you need to get that word in you. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And then, you know, not just memorize it, but what does it mean? You need to memorize great portions of Scripture, especially when you're young. And, and when you're older, I know the, uh, the um, uh, Glenn Ellis and Janet Ellis, uh, he's 80, she's 75. They, they just quote Scripture constantly while they're driving around. And I think they have the first eight chapters of Romans memorized last year. He's 80, she's 75. And uh, they'll quote it to you. Uh, I've heard them. They're down in Florida now, but they'll be back. Uh, next time you see them, ask them. Uh, say, hey, what's Romans 6 talk about? And see, they have, they have the potential of understanding more of the Bible than the person who does not memorize Scripture. Get your kids to memorize Scripture. Uh, even the little ones, the boy, it's amazing how these three, four-year-olds can memorize scripture. They have such sharp minds. Don't give them any screen time. They don't need screen time. I know it's the world's best, greatest babysitter uh, for frustrated parents pulling their hair out, frazzled parents. It's, it's like the greatest temptation you face is just, just put them in front of the TV and get them out of your hair. I understand that. I understand that. But boy, the you can ask any one of us of our age, you would not believe how fast that time goes, that little influence you have over them in your home. And get them to memorize some, some kind of a regimented scripture. 
When Jesus was on the Mount of Temptation in Matthew 4 and Luke 4, now both chapters contain the, the story of his temptation by Satan. He didn't eat any food. He didn't drink any food. This was absolutely miraculous that he even lived through it uh, because he wasn't supposed to die yet. Nobody can live without food or water for 40 days except Jesus and Moses. They were the only ones I would not suggest doing it. Um, but God kept them both alive for great purposes. Angels literally had to come from heaven and minister to Christ at the end, like divine medics. They had to nurse him back to health. In the absolute weakest state he'd ever been in in his life physically, Satan tempted him with three temptations, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Jesus quoted Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. He quoted Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 16, and he quoted Deuteronomy chapter number 6 and verse 13 in defense, uh, or, or in offense, I should say, against the devil's temptation. We likewise are told in Ephesians chapter number 6, I think in, I forget the verse now, but in the armor of God, we are told to take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and, and, and fight against the wiles of the devil and the temptations of the devil. It, as you study the armor of God, most of you know this, it's the only offensive weapon we have is the sword. Everything else, the breastplate, the shield of faith, the gospel shoes and the helmet, that's all defensive. That's all defensive. So if a dart hits you in the head or something, it hits your helmet, not you. The sword is the only offensive weapon that the soldier has to fight and to progress. To take the sword of the Spirit, according to the Scriptures, does not mean you have a nice Bible and you walk around with it all day. That doesn't mean a thing. All right? It means that you have it in your heart and you are ready to use it at the, 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 the first sign of temptation. And like Jesus, who said, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written. And then Jesus quoted the verse from Deuteronomy. So you and I are tempted, except him without sin. Okay, we, we've already gone down. So but we have to fight. We have to have a sword. These, the sword of the Lord is the word of God. It means the scriptures you've memorized. And then the scriptures you've understood that, hey, this, this scripture is given to me by the Lord to fight this temptation. And you can progress in this warfare by quoting scripture. By quoting scripture. So we've got to memorize scripture. Your kids have got to memorize scripture. I, said, I think I said Sunday in my sermon about now, when I grew up as a little boy, we weren't even saved, but we had to memorize the Ten Commandments. We weren't even saved. Our family was so lost and wicked, but we had to memorize the, the, the Ten Commandments. And when, it, when I was tempted to steal something at the store, guess what came to my mind? Thou shalt not steal. And the power of the Word of God and the understanding of the Word of God kept me from uh, stealing stuff. Now, let me close with an illustration of these three. 
I know we've been here a little while, but I just, I just need to, you to give me a few minutes more. Turn to Proverbs 3, and I'm just going to try to illustrate tonight's lesson. The rudiments of understanding the Bible, humility, meditation, memorization, and how it works. I'm going to try to be practical now. I'm going to try to illustrate. I, I don't know if this will work or not, but I hope that it does. And how these three working together can help you and I uh, get the victory and understand the Bible, how to use the Bible. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Now, if you were just watching me, you noticed that I quoted it word perfect. Why? Because I'd memorized it a long time ago. Did it do me any good? Absolutely not. I could even say it faster. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart, lean on thy understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him. He shall direct thy paths. It can actually become a pride thing. Uh, I've seen young people in youth rallies, I've done a lot of youth rallies who memorized a lot of scriptures, and boy, when they turned 18, did they ever take off to the world, man. It did them nothing, nothing. But the potential is there for victory if it's added to these other things. Now, what if I look at that with humility? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding, and all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. And I say in humility, you know something? I need God to direct me. I don't know it all. I can't lean to my understanding. I, as I said earlier, I question myself. I've been wrong. So I look at it with humility, and then finally, I take what I've memorized, looked at it with humility, and now I meditate on it. Now I see there's four phrases, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And I say, wait a minute, first word, trust, 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 trust. I know this. What does it mean? Trust means confidence in someone else and their abilities. I get on an airplane. I trust the pilot. I have confidence in him and his abilities. I need to have confidence in the Lord and his abilities. Trust in who? Trust in the Lord. Oh my, that's all capitals. That's Jehovah. That's the all-loving, all-knowing God. And I'm supposed to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Not just part of my heart, but I'm supposed to give myself completely to saying, Lord, I need wisdom about this that I'm about ready to do in my life. And I'm going to trust in you with all of my heart. You and, and what you've said about this, not what I think. I'm not going to lean under my own understanding. I don't want to do that. I don't want to lean towards my own understanding. So I'm, I'm meditating here. I'm, I'm meditating deeply. In all thy ways acknowledge him. What does that mean? Well, it certainly could mean prayer. And so I get on my knees and I, I meditate on this and I say, Lord, in all my ways acknowledge you and Lord, I'm about ready to make a decision about this right now. But I want to acknowledge you, Lord, what do you say? What does your word say about this decision that I'm about ready to make? And then it ends with a promise, and he shall direct thy paths. I'm going to have to wait on you, Lord. I'm going to have to have faith in you. I'm going to have to trust, confidence, dependence, belief in the Lord. 
and you're going to direct my paths. Now, I just did that really short. That wasn't a great meditation. But I was trying to illustrate what meditation means. Uh, I could memorize this and... and and I could go to you and I say, boy, I got a big decision to make. And you, you say, well, the Bible says trust in I know it says trust in the Lord with all that hurtly, not only understanding. All that ways acknowledge him and you direct that path. I know that I got that memorized. Is that with all my heart? No, that's with none of my heart. It's with none of my heart. But when you put all your heart into it, and you meditate on that, all of a sudden that becomes like wisdom. To live on the rest of your life. And so for 40 years as a pastor, and, and I, I wasn't the perfect pastor, but I would take every Sunday night when I got home a yellow legal pad, and I would write down all the things that I know I'd had to do that week. I got to do a Wednesday night service, I got to do Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, I got to talk to this person, i got to write to this person, i got to visit this person, i got to organize this ministry. And, and, and I would write down things. And after 40 years, I never, ever once completed one of those pages. Never in a week did I finish anything. But after I wrote it down, what I would do is I would get on my knees, put that paper on my bed, kneel before it and say, Lord, I want to acknowledge you that this week I'm going to try to do these things. And I don't know what you want me to preach on Wednesday night, but Lord, would you please show me. And Sunday morning, and Lord, I have to talk to this fellow. I have a meeting tomorrow, 1230. A man's life, just, I don't know, in the balance, it's going to be very important. Oh, I need wisdom. i got to acknowledge God. And in all thy ways acknowledge him. Sometimes I'll say to people, did you pray about it? Why would I even think of doing that? Well, it says here in the Bible, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Have you ever meditated on that? Well, no, I memorized it, but have you ever meditated on that humbly? Now, the last rudiment, number seven, is study, and that's next week and the following week. And we'll really get into some nuts and bolts. But believe me, this stuff is more important than the nuts and bolts. And I'll give you some nuts and bolts next Wednesday and the following Wednesday, Lord willing, on how to do a Bible study for yourself on your own. And uh, understand what you're learning. So let's pray. Father, thank you for the attendance tonight. Thank you for the good attention people gave to the subject Lord, I, I do pray that personally I would have more humility, be a babe. As you said to the psalmist, open thy mouth wide and I shall fill it. I pray we would all pursue humility. It doesn't matter how educated we think we are. Let us become as fools. Lord, we pray that we would learn the art of meditation because... Everything in this world is designed to keep us from thinking about you and about your word. And Lord, we need to memorize to at least have a starting point 
So we can cough that up all day long, think about it, and learn deeper things about you. So Lord, help us with this. Keep a lot of these people on our hearts now that we receive on this prayer list and other issues as we become men and women of prayer. Help us all week now at work, school, our neighborhoods, our families, wherever we go, our church, to have your grace and be good testimony, especially among the lost. Prompt us, Lord, to just win them and witness to them. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.